0: Y'all welcome back. I am so excited right now because I've been wanting to tell this story on the podcast for a bit. And uh, we had a cancellation tonight. So it's uh, honestly it's perfect timing. You guys are in for a real treat. And, and I cannot stress this enough. I, I need to say this up front. Everything I'm about to tell you is 100% true. It's going to sound uh, made up or exaggerated or, or just flat out lies, and that's totally understandable because I am known to forget details, and I'm also known to just replace them with you know, whatever I feel works in the moment. Eric can testify to that on just about a 1,000 different occasions. However, this is, is the true, true story, 100% true story of how I, a kid from Texas, met my wife, a kid from South Dakota, who grew up in a town of literally less than 2,000 people guys do you understand that is insane like we, there, there are schools in, in I mean multiple cities across the country like but in Austin Texas there are schools that have more than 2,000 people there are apartment complexes that have more than 2,000 people and this was the entirety of her town I mean it, every I mean, from the mayor to you know the police chief to the school teachers like 2,000 less than 2,000. that is it's, this town is so small it has one stoplight. I mean, it's dead set in the middle of town, which is—I mean, it's literally less than two square miles. I'm not exaggerating. It's 1.96 square miles. Like, it seriously has one stoplight in the dead center of town, and they have basically a, every couple of year debate on whether or not they should take it down because it's an eyesore. I mean, I'm 100% serious. So, so how did I, a kid from Austin, Texas, that has millions of people in it, meet a girl— from South Dakota, and not just South Dakota, not the two cities you might have heard of, like Rapid or, or Sioux Falls, but, but from a town that's I mean, literally in the middle of nowhere. You couldn't possibly find it if you didn't know exactly where it was. You'd have drove right past it. If you blinked, you'd have missed it. Here's how. I'm going to Baylor Baptist University. And uh, and I'm not doing so great in the uh, the grades department. I know any of you listening. Wow, that's that's so surprising. I'm certain that you're you're flabbergasted. So go ahead and pick yourself up, back off the floor. Uh, go ahead and, and you know close your jaw because I'm sure your mouth is a gape. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the low down and dirty <laughs> what on on how I met uh, my now wonderful beautiful wife. But before I do. Uh, I, I do need to. We, honestly, guys, I, I'm really proud right now. I, I can't lie to you. I, I'm actually really excited. We got our first sponsor. In fact, we got our first sponsors. So uh, I, I need you. I need to. I need to play their little ad. So I hope you guys don't mind. We're gonna. I mean, maybe be doing this more often. I'm not sure, but honestly, I, I'm just stoked to have uh, an, an advertisement sponsorship. So so yeah, check out this, these uh, these a couple of ads real quick. Check out word from our sponsors, and we will be right back with the show. Have you or loved one been attacked by a crocodile? Did they deserve it? Probably not, because crocodiles suck. They're horrible, nasty creatures. They come over here without a visa or green card. They don't speak the language. And last I checked, none of them have a job. Drains on the economy as well as death machines that can eat your baby's face. So please join the movement to ban crocodiles at www.fuckcrocsgogators.com. Paid for by the FFFFA Foundation for the Future furtherment of Alligators in America. Hey, you. Yes, you. Are your legs tired? Are your knees sore? Do the arches of your feet ache? Do you want to lie down but you're not sure where? Have we got the answer for you. Introducing a bed. Tired of sleeping while standing up? You're not a giraffe, of course you're tired of it. So next time you do get tired, instead of leaning against your neighbor's truck or laying down in their lawn, go ahead and try out one of our beds. Not sure you're ready to commit fully to lying down? We understand. That's why, just in time for Christmas, we're rolling out our brand new one-of-a-kind chairs. Fully support your body weight without using leg muscles and without the commitment of laying all the way down. 30-day money-back guarantee. If you buy four, we'll give you the fifth one free. Check us out at standing around all the time and go ahead and get yourself a bed already. Unless you just want a chair, because we can do that too, that's totally fine. We're not going to judge you. .net. Just want to thank both our sponsors again. We really appreciate it, and uh, yeah, all you listeners out there, make sure that you use the coupon code. Everything is interesting at checkout. Uh, get yourself that fifth free chair. It's really good stuff. I, luckily enough, while going to uh, while going to Baylor, had some roommates who had gone overseas. They went on a study abroad thing. And so I was just like, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess I'll check that out, too. Like that's They came back with a bunch of fun stories. I didn't know anything about the place. Uh, I didn't research anything. I knew nothing about it. It was the, the Netherlands, Maastricht, the Netherlands, which is uh, Maastricht. is like an hour and a half, maybe two hours train ride away from Amsterdam. Um, no prostitution, but otherwise all drugs are legal. You know, we could drink as much as we wanted. And it's honestly, it, it's the most, like, friendly city I've ever been in in my life. But anyways, I applied to go there. And my parents say that I can only go if I get a, uh, I don't know, B-plus average on my grades or whatever it was. My grades weren't great. But they, they set the bar, like, not even A's. That's how bad I was doing. <laughs> but, they're like, yeah, B-plus or B, whatever. Anyways, that was, the, that was the idea. was that I had to show that I could get some good grades and I'll go study abroad. Awesome. Well, here's the deal. I failed. Uh, I failed a, I forget, it doesn't matter what the class was, but I quite literally failed the class. And when I got my transcript, I just took it to the library and scanned it. And then messed around with it on like Microsoft Paint or Photoshop or whatever, you know, free editing software they had that I could use. Made it look like I had a bunch of B's and B pluses. And then sent that to my folks. I was like, hey, check it out. Ta-da. I did it. And they were they were literally, I, I think the words they said, they were so proud of me and they can't wait for me to go blah, 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 blah. So that is uh, hurdle one. For the fact that I even went, I probably, I I shouldn't have gone in the first place. I couldn't afford it, obviously, on my own, and my parents weren't going to pay for it unless I got some good grades, and I didn't. I just cheated and lied and whatever. That's hurdle one. Now, that my wife, uh, she had to take out a loan. Uh, she had to take up multiple loans, actually, so we were still paying back her, her student loans because she came up uh, in a much different way than I did. And uh, thank God she did because, honestly, if I hadn't met somebody who who was raised in a way that uh, she had to support herself, I probably, I, who knows where I'd be right now if I would even be. I, I was going so far off the rails that, thank God, she saved me. But second impediment uh, was financial for her, but she, you know, scra- scraped together. Like, I think she literally had, like, a community... Like bake sale or something. Like that's how small of a town it was. You can actually do such a thing. Um, anyways, that's impediment two. The, the fact that either one of us even went or you know made it there is a, you know, obviously a very small chance. But we were in, both of us, her program, the South Dakota program and the Baylor program all stayed in the same dorm which it was an awesome dorm. It was a five-story dorm. One floor was a bunch of Russian kids. Uh, so I obviously didn't hang out with them because I don't speak Russian and they didn't speak English. One floor was all Asian people. Uh, I believe they were Chinese and I'm not totally sure of that, but I know the the owner of the, the complex, I think he actually was, doesn't matter. Point is, that floor was full of kids that also didn't speak English or at least chose not to uh, show us that we, they spoke English because so anyways, we didn't hang out there. Bunch of Midwest kids from like Kansas and South Dakota and all that were on the second floor or third floor. doesn't matter. Baylor was on the top floor because uh, obviously we're rich white kids, so we deserve the top floor. <laughs> kidding. But we were. And so our our floors mingled at least a little bit. We intermingled a little bit because they're just like, look, you know we, you're the only other Americans here, so let's go run around uh, Europe together and, and be you know <laughs> entitled. Americans. <laughs> there's, uh, there's so many stories that, that I would love to left turn into, but I'm going to try and just focus on this one because this is 100% true. There's no way 100% true. Um, like I said, we were in the Netherlands and the laws there are um, lax, certainly even more lax than the laws here in Colorado. I will let you uh, fill in the blanks there because my wife would not appreciate me giving specific details on the story. But you can use your imagination and uh, take it from there. Now then, myself and maybe eight other people, my now wife included, who I just met, and you know seven, eight other people that were in her group because none of the Baylor kids, at least not very many of the Baylor kids, were into said things and fun times that we were having fun and said things with. Anyways, we all went out partying. You know, we're just wandering around the city, just inebriated and having a a grand old time. We uh, eventually decide (laughs) to just hop on a bus for the hell of it. Like, I don't know why, but, like, you guys know, like, even if you're just drinking, even if you're not doing what all we're doing, but even if you're just drinking and, like, you're just wandering around. Like, you know how, like, when one idea pops up and, like, suddenly the group's kind of, like, everybody rallies around it for no reason. Like, somebody just says something and then everyone's like, yeah, no, we should totally do that. Like, you know, groupthink. It exists. Well, groupthink that night, somebody said, let's get on this bus. And so there was a bus coming, we were walking around, like we happened to see one coming, so we just stopped at the at the bus station, and we hopped on. There's maybe seven or eight other people on the bus that were looking at us kind of weird, because they knew what we were doing, and it's pretty obvious over there when you're just absolutely off your face. And we're riding the bus for what seems like five to ten minutes. I couldn't tell you, obviously, because time is a, you know, whatever. We're riding this bus for about five minutes. Uh, Turns out we'd actually been riding it for like the better part of an hour. And it's now past midnight. And the bus driver turns around and goes, hey, so like, what are you doing? And we all go, oh, you know, we're just kind of having fun. And and he goes, no, no, I get what you're doing. I mean, what are you doing now? Like my route is done. I'm going home. Like I'm going to drop the bus off at the bus station and go home. And we all realize like, oh, shoot, we don't even know where we are. And he goes, okay, I got you. swear to you, this bus driver realizes we're all feeling pretty good. And he goes, I got you. And he drives us to a park. And it, it's literally just like a kid's park. There's slides and swings and a, uh, I guess you call it a merry go round. Not the ones that, not like a, like a, like a, like a Six Flags, not like a, like a giant electronic one. Not one with like animals and, you know, like a, like a full on music and, you know, you can fit 40 people on the, all these different animals that all go up and down and spin around. I mean, like the ones on the, on the playground that like one kid uses his hands to spin. And, like, the four or five other kids that are sitting on the thing that you know, spins around the, the metal circle, essentially, that you can spin real fast. Well, as luck would have it, I hop on, and uh, Danny, the biggest dude in our group, he's the, the the most obvious American of all of us. He's, like, 6'2", 250. He's just a big old boy. And uh, we all, a couple of us hop on, and Danny just flings this thing with the full weight of all of his force. He spins this thing, I, I don't know, estimated 600 miles an hour. It goes so fast. the The world is a literal blur i mean it, you can't focus on anything you're literally spinning and then also you know the world is spinning and all of the things well i lock eyes with a girl across from me now my wife uh, today but at the time I, it's just just a girl that i know a very just a cute blonde girl that i'm now suddenly i'm fixated upon while the world spins behind us there is a blur of stars and street lights. And you know houses, I guess, in the kind of far distance, and it's it's. I mean, to be totally honest, it's the most beautiful moment up until that point of my life. I'm 20 at the time. It's the most beautiful thing I'd ever experienced in my life ever. It, it, it locked eyes with with this you know woman, girl, whatever. We're 20, locked eyes, world spinning, flying around. Finally, it slows down. Maybe Danny eventually stops it. Like you know, we kind of like try to collect ourselves, and then we go for a walk because we see there's a uh, there's a coffee shop, the world renowned, you know, Amsterdam-y, Maastricht-y coffee shops. So we take a walk over there because we're like, yeah, might as well go, go get go get some quote unquote coffee. So we start walking, and admittedly, we're trying to process what just happened. At this point, we uh, is no longer the group. We is now just me and Sarah. Because, you know, we're walking with the group, but it's, it's her and I that are realizing we just had, like, a moment. And, you know, and we don't really know because, I mean, obviously you don't know in the moment. I mean, this is going back, I mean, I mean, shoot, 15 years, give or take. I mean, we've been married for 13. Anyways, you don't really understand what happens when you fall in love. You know, like this is uh, this is something that's completely new to me at the time. I mean, it's still the only time it's ever happened to me, so I, don't, I know nothing about it. But for anybody out there that has been lucky enough to to feel that falling in love moment, you don't really understand it. I mean, I certainly didn't realize at the time that I was falling in love with this woman. I, I obviously had no idea the the future that I would have with this person. Instead, we're just talking. We're just like, wow, that was amazing, wasn't it? Wow, what a beautiful day. Wow, what a beautiful night. Wow. Like, it, like literally, we're going. Should we go back? Like, do you want to go do that again? Like, I I mean, would that be worth it or would we be tainted if we tried it again? I mean, so we we realized or at least agreed at the moment, like, maybe we'll go back later. But right now we need to just kind of stay with the group because we're all just kind of fumbling and stumbling all over ourselves. So we we get into uh, this coffee shop and we watch, (laughs) guys, we watch essentially America's Funniest Home Videos, but the Dutch version. I don't remember what they called it. It doesn't matter. But it's just, you know, a clip show compilation. And this is back in, like, 2005 six doesn't matter but before i mean it, clip shows weren't really as popular as they are now you know like things like ridiculousness and tosh.0 oh, and like there really only was america's funniest Some videos that i'd ever seen you know because we, you know, we're only 20 at the time it's going back a while this was the most vulgar and I mean R rated. I mean people are breaking bones and snapping legs. Like one guy fell out of a tree. Swear to God, one guy fell out of a tree. They're just showing this on TV, just on cable television. One guy fell out of a tree and his knee literally snapped. His leg bent. And like we are all super hammered and we're looking at this like, oh my god what's going on like this is not something that we've ever seen in the states you know maybe like the the random lime wired video of somebody getting that injured but like youtube wasn't pushing that kind of content and like nobody else really was it was brand new to us at the time and it was very uncomfortable like i remember we did not stay in that coffee shop very long like the group collectively was just like oh man i'm kind of skeezed out right now so anyways we leave that night. We we end up walking back to the hotel. Sarah and I stay up till like sunrise, just just shooting the shit. And then she ends up going to Ireland because it was uh it was St. Patty's Day in like two or three days, and like her and her she was meeting some of her friends. Anyways, she went to do that, and I you know I left her alone. And when she came back in like a week or whatever, we started talking, and, and the rest of the trip, I mean three months ish, we hung out a lot, like a lot, lot. And then you know we went our separate ways. I went back to Texas, and she went back to South Dakota. And that was, uh, you know, seemingly the end of it, except I'm not, you know, I I guess I'm I'm good on the fly. (laughs) I don't know. I I tend to lean into the idea of of random left turns because, you know, you you never know what's going to happen. And in this case, um, yeah, I decided to just drop out of Baylor. Not drop out of Baylor. I I decided to transfer. Let's be clear. I transferred to USD. I literally got home, talked to my folks. And I was like, hey, so I'm a a quit Baylor and I'm a transfer to the University of South Dakota. To which my father immediately said, no, the fuck, you're not. Like, absolutely no chance, no way, no how. Until I pulled up the website that showed him how much University of South Dakota costs (laughs) compared to how much Baylor University costs. Um, We can do this week's quiz right now. Uh, Pop quiz, how much does South Dakota compare to uh, Baylor's cost? Uh, Literally 10%. Quite literally, quite literally, 10%. My father saw that he'd be saving 90% of his money. He goes, no, actually, you are going to go to South Dakota. And he helped pack. <laughs> we packed that weekend. He literally helped me pack my car, and he set me up the road to South Dakota. So, again, I don't know how many humps we've passed right now, but the idea that Sarah and I would even meet is slim. But then the fact that we would continue this relationship is slim. So I transfer to the University of South Dakota, having never lived anywhere in my entire life that wasn't Texas. I mean, I've mean, i lived in Austin, sort of, I mean, kind of Waco, sort of. I lived in the Netherlands for a bit, if you want to call it that, but it was only four months at a, at a predominantly all-college-aged, let's-get-drunk-every-night-and-smoke-as-much-as-we-can kind of a place. So, like, that doesn't count as living It it's just partying for four months. So anyways, I just transfer. I don't know anybody. Uh, I transferred to the University of South Dakota in Vermilion, South Dakota. I don't know anybody there. I've met no one in this entire state. I know nothing. I just drive up with my brother. Thanks again, man. And, uh, and yeah, we, we get there, and Sarah's not there yet because she still has a job or something. So, like, I, I'm in I'm in Vermillion, South Dakota by myself, for like, four days, just my brother and I, and we're realizing, oh, my God, this is different than where we grew up. Like, Vermilion is a town that has, like, 13,000 people until the college, like, shows up or whatever. Like, in the summers, it's, like, 13,000, and then the college gets back into, you know, swing, and there's, like, 25,000 or whatever. You know, like, basically, the town doubles in size simply due to the college kids that show back up for, you know, week one, and then they, everybody leaves in summer because why would you stay in Vermilion, South Dakota? Anyways... I quickly realized that Saudi is not the place for me. At least, at least it's not the place for twenty year old me. I turned twenty one while I was there, but I'm, I, I make it through one semester, the the spring semester, and now the the winter uh, semester hits, <laughs> y'all. Um, I don't own winter clothing. I literally, at this point in my life, I only wear sandals and I have tattered jeans and I have like reggae shirts. I don't mean like Bob Marley t-shirts. I mean like shirts that are red, gold, and green that that are just like flowy kind of hippie. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rich kid, trust fund hippie is exactly what I'm at this moment. And I, A, I don't fit in in South Dakota, but B, I don't fit anywhere because my life is a lie. I'm pretending like I'm some Rastafarian when really I have my parents' credit card. So like, what the fuck am I doing? (laughs) Living a lie. I walked to class like day two of the winter semester or whatever, knee deep in snow. This is South Dakota feet of snow. Like when I say knee deep, this isn't an exaggeration at all. It is feet of snow. Couple weeks into this, I realize I can't do this, and and I, I leave. <laughs> I drop out straight away. Drop out of all things. I don't transfer shit. I just drop out. I pack my shit. At the time, I have a cat who I got from Sarah's friend uh, who lived on a farm, and she had some barn cats. And she's like, "Hey, you want one?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I do, absolutely." So now I have a cat, and I'm driving this cat that l- grew up on a farm, then moved in with <laughs> moved in with me in a shitty little apartment in South Dakota, and then just. Goes on a road trip for like 16 hours to drive back to Texas. Just me and this poor cat. <laughs> oh, this poor cat. I love this cat. Anyways, so I, I I literally leave. I just bail. I didn't even tell her. God, I was an asshole. I didn't even tell her that I was leaving. Sarah went out of town for her brother's birthday. And then comes back and I'm just gone. I just, I can't handle it. I, I literally snapped over the course of like a of like a like 26 hours into the weekend. Like Saturday night. I just, I can't handle it. I pack my shit and I go. Just bail. Just goodbye. And so, of course, she's called, like, what's happening? And, like, so I just, I bailed. I couldn't handle it. I'm not even kidding. I could not handle all of the things. A couple months later, I realized, all right, well, I got to go back to college. <laughs> Whoops. So I, I enroll in the, the mighty uh, Texas State University. Eat him up, Bobcats move down there. I start to do that thing for a month or two or whatever. Go on some fantastically disastrous dates. <laughs> Holy God. It's, my attempt at dating was just the most brutal, uh, unbelievably bad. I, I just mi- mix every poor cliche with just me trying to overslam jokes, just constantly trying to pepper in punchlines at these people, just poor girls. Like, God, they had to hate every second of it. And I realized quickly, like, I, this isn't going to do it. Like, I'm never going to meet a girl at a bar. I'm not that kind of guy. Anybody who knows me knows I'm not. Like, I'm not Mr. Cool at a bar. I don't think anyone that doesn't know me is surprised by this information. Anybody listening, you know that for a fact already. And you probably, even if you've never met me, you know that's true. Now then. I realized quickly I had no chance or whatever. And so I, I call her back up. And, like, we start talking again, but, like, not really, kind of, sort of, almost. But, again, had I hit it off with any one of these idiots, had, had had I met anybody stupider than me, I might have actually hit it off with them. But I didn't, so we're going to move on. And, thankfully, Sarah isn't stupider than me. She's well smarter than me. That's She She kind of just puts up with me, and that's okay. Anyways, I call her up. We, we kind of decide to maybe sort of kind of get back together. Uh, we decide that she's going to actually move down to Texas this time and try that. And she's just a much stronger person than me. She makes it in Texas like four years. Like we actually end up getting married at the time. Like, we, we make it for a long time. We, we make it I, I, the, the odds that overcame all of us, we actually made it and got married and then eventually moved to Colorado, then South Dakota, then now back to Colorado. So that's all that. That is, that, that is the story of how I met my wife. And it's just, it's improbable. It's unlikely. And it, it's just, it's, it, Honestly, I, I find it, I, I honestly find it hard to believe sometimes. I find it hard to believe that that is actually my life. Like th- that I met a girl, not necessarily in Amsterdam, but like I met a girl over there doing that. Like it, it's absolutely crazy. And, uh, <laughs> actually speaking of Amsterdam, let's just do some more true stories tonight, guys. Cause why not? I was on a train one time, uh, me and some friends doing what you do in Amsterdam and we are absolutely out of our minds. Right. I can't even, like, just as out of it as you can possibly be. And we hop, we, and again, <laughs> this is just the theme over there. Somebody was like, hey, what if we just hopped on a train to some other country? Or not, yeah, no, some other country. I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Because you just can over there. Like, the countries aren't that far away. And so we hopped on a train, and we went from Amsterdam to Belgium. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Because my buddy Ben said he wanted a true Belgian waffle. And when you're that feeling good, you really want a Belgian waffle. <laughs> so we did. We hopped on a train to go to Belgium. And we get to Belgium. Uh, we don't even know where we're going. We're just trying to get to into the country. And like we make it to Belgium because the, the train conductor, um, he, oh, God, how did he say it? I forget. How, at least in the Netherlands, they give a brief English uh, rundown after the, the Dutch rundown. So when we get there, he says a whole bunch of shit in Dutch. And then he says something like, yada, 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 welcome to Belgium, blah, blah, blah. So we figure it's better to go a little bit further into belgium because maybe right at the first train stop that's gonna be like too touristy you know like works i'm a i'm a trust fund rastafarian so i don't want to be touristy man let's keep going so we keep going i swear to god this is true too i swear to you uh we we maybe been moving for another five six minutes not very far at all not long enough to make it to the next train station for sure and a very uh uh heightened uh uh very talking fast very loud, not normal. Because the normal train, I mean, probably any country, I'm guessing. A train conductor just kind of makes his announcements. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of normal board cadence. That this train driver has done this route. I mean, he or she has done it a million times, quite literally. This time, they come on very fast. And in Dutch, it's an aggressive language. And it's just, what the Fuck is going on? We're looking at each other like, what is happening? Like, we need an English translation quickly. Train stops. We're not at a translation. Train just stops. A bunch of people get up and run out, and I mean run, not like kind of shuffling, not like kind of. I mean running. And we're just like, what? And so I mean, we obviously we start grabbing our stuff, and then the English translation comes on. Is fire leave? Two words. That's it. No more. No less. I'm not exaggerating. The least. That's like, a, I don't even know if that's Dutch. It sounded more German almost, but whatever. You get the idea. It's a very aggressive language. And then just fire, leave. Like, oh my God. So we run off this train. It's literally on fire, guys. It's li- <laughs> literally on fire. We almost die. I mean, we didn't almost die. It didn't explode. But like, it's literally on fire. It encapsulated the train. Like, they, Two or three of the train cars were totally destroyed by the time it was done. Why do I know two or three were totally destroyed by the time it was done? Because we're so inebriated. We hop off the train and then we just watch it. We just sit down right there the time, I am still smoking cigarettes, so I just start chain smoking cigarettes as we watch a train, sl- two or three cabins slowly burn to the ground <laughs> before they get the fire department out there. It was craziness. So I mean, for the for the sake of the story, I guess I almost died on a train, and that almost kept me from from <laughs> marrying my wife. Now, and okay, last uh last train tracks, last last train story, I suppose. I don't even know. There's so many train stories. There was one time, one time uh, we moved to to South Dakota. Uh, this again 100% true you can google this there's a there's a there's a train track you can google um in pier south dakota there's only two uh bridges there's a big bridge for cars and then there's an old dilapidated what looks like a rusted out train bridge over the river because the uh mississippi no missouri the missouri goes through the middle of it uh big ass river goes right through the middle of pier it actually dissects it uh from pier into fort pier in fact i'm even googling right now because i want to know what that is Pierce up to go to the river anyways there's a giant friggin giant river that cuts through it and uh and there's a really old rusted bridge that like i wanted to go explore it just you know, kind of looked fun like there's no way anything runs on it, so it's safe or whatever so like i uh just bored one morning and i go for a jog and i go out to this bridge and it's beautiful i mean it, it's a cold morning uh it's kind of humid but it's just enough to where there's like fog lifting off the river like if you guys have ever seen anything like that off off a lake or a river i don't know if the ocean does it but anyways it's a beautiful thing in the morning you know like there's not many people are awake there's a couple of boats out fishing you know there's a couple of birds you can hear them chirping but basically the entire town's still asleep and i'm just walking along this bridge it's just loving life it's friggin' beautiful no, honestly it's absolutely beautiful and we hadn't been in pier very long this is early on in our stint and i was like man this, we really made the right choice like this town is friggin' awesome it's absolutely beautiful here like I, I i i can see ourselves doing this for a long time yeah it's the missouri river just went ahead and uh <laughs> went ahead and confirmed that well anyways the missouri river is massive for those of you guys who know i mean this this rusted old bridge uh, I'm Googling, looking at it right now. You can find it too. Pierce South Dakota Bridge. You can find it real quick. It's it's a, it's a long, long bridge. I mean, easily hundreds on hundreds of feet. Not No exaggeration. Easily hundreds of feet. There's four or five of these little, yeah, one, two, three, four, four. Yeah, it's a big-ass bridge. Well, guys, uh, I'm here to tell you that, no exaggeration, I'm about two-thirds across this bridge, and I hear something. <laughs> I, and they, I, I disregard it at first because, I mean, there's no way, right? I mean, there's not me. Come on, there's the, there's no way. So I keep going, and I, then I hear I hear it again. It's a whistling. It's getting a little louder. Then I hear kind of a rumbling, and then I feel the bridge move a little bit. Not a lot, not a lot, but in that heightened state and that ultra aware moment, your uh, your senses are, are peaked, and I'm realizing that this old, dilapidated, rusted bridge. In fact, I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a picture of this thing up on our uh, on our Twitter so you can see what I'm talking about because it does not look like it's it's a useful bridge, it goddamn sure is a useful bridge, everybody. And there is now a very real train coming. I have to turn. I I, I at first debate jumping in the water, but again, like I said, it's like you know, 40s. The water's going to be cold as shit. There's a real chance that if I don't even get hurt, because this bridge is tall, if I don't get hurt, which I very well could, if I don't break my fucking neck jumping in this water from, you know, however many, maybe 100 feet up, probably 75. 75 feet up, that's that's enough to hurt myself. If I don't hurt myself just doing that, there's a chance that the shock alone, I can't swim to the edge. And this river is huge. It is wide. Multiple, multiple boats could fit shoulder to shoulder. I mean, easily. Like 30, 40, 50 boats. I mean, well more than 50 could fit shoulder to shoulder. It's a huge river. I don't know that I could even swim it. So I have to run. I have never run this fast in my life, everybody. <laughs> Talking sprinting. And look, by no means is it some movie-esque thing where I barely make it to the edge of the bridge and I dive off and the train goes barreling down and three seconds later I'd have been dead. Like, I made it with like a minute 75-ish seconds to spare. But still, that—that that is... <laughs> I literally, literally could have been run over by a train, and that story would have been told still to this day because the idiot Texan that moved to South Dakota and doesn't know what fucking train tracks are. Like, I, looking back, thinking back, like, good God, that would have been the most embarrassing way to die of all time. Like, it was completely my choice. There would have been no excuse. I wasn't trying to, like, oh, I saw, you know, I saw a cat was stuck. I was just trying to sit. No, I wasn't trying to do shit. I was just an idiot wandering around aimlessly and just ended up on a fucking Bridge. Oops. Good times, guys. Um, Yeah, I promise next week we're going to have more guests. Uh, Look, man, people people got stuff going on. Everybody's busy, so if a guest bails, I'm honestly not even mad at you. You know who you are. I know I love you, so don't worry about it. I also love you, whoever you are listening right now. Seriously, thank you for listening if you've made it through however many minutes of this and the the fake ads and whatnot. If you enjoyed anything I've done, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. I love you. See you next time.